0: Katie, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you here today and talk all things video. How are you
1: doing? I'm doing great. So excited to be here.
0: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Katie, before we dive in, we have to ask you a very important marketing happy hour question, and that is what is in your glass this morning or what do you enjoy sipping on just on a regular basis?
1: Ah, coffee, 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 coffee. (laughs) today and every day
0: oh my gosh love that you're in good hands i have water and i have a celsius this morning it's one of my forms of caffeine Mm. i consume yep um but yes caffeine this morning is much needed what about you erica Uh same. I have, you know, my typical coffee, but then I
2: also have a health aid kombucha because I haven't had this in so long.
0: I love it. I'm so excited.
2: (laughs) I know. They're my favorite. I actually, when they had a um a Black Friday sale a couple years ago, I went crazy on their website and they had like 50% off everything. And I think I had like six like crates of kombucha shipped to my house.
1: That's awesome. (laughs) And
2: I it lasted me forever. And ever since then, I just like haven't bought it. So we're back to the groove. We're we're in the the kombucha groove now. I love it.
1: That's amazing.
2: <laughs> awesome. Well, Katie, like Cassie said, we're so excited to have you here today and so excited to learn even more about Ecamm um, and how it can be beneficial for, you know, some of the brands that might be listening here too. So nice. um, first, could you just share a bit about your background and how you kind of came into your role at Ecamm?
1: yeah absolutely so um i'm a a copywriter originally (laughs) that's where i started my career um i went through school for english literature and ancient history of all things so i fell into the uh, copywriting space and was lucky enough to kind of be in that space right as social media was becoming a thing so um so i have this kind of content marketing uh writing background uh i joined ecamm in 2019 mid 2019. uh i've known the co-founders for a really long time they're uh, friends of mine they're twin brothers if you if you're not familiar with ecamm Uh, and one of them owns a uh, a kids coding school here in the town that i live in and so both my husband and myself have uh have done a lot of work with that school our kids have, uh, have attended a bunch of classes there and so uh, Ken was like, we we really we haven't done any marketing at all for eCam, and it's you know been growing pretty pretty rapidly. And we think we're at a point now where we would just really love some marketing help, like someone to jump on and see what we might be missing and what the potential is. So um, I joined initially as a contractor, and uh, and then ended up joining full time back uh, back in 2019, which was great. And I I knew nothing about video. I've done I think a ton of uh, live streams where I've been like I was the person that when the camera turned on i was like under a chair crying heavy breathing <laughs> like the idea the idea of being on video uh, was absolutely terrifying i totally failed on like the first few live streams i had to do like either one of the co-founders or like one of our other team members was like do you want me to do this one i was like yes i I would like to be behind the scenes so uh, i've learned a ton over the last few years and i've been lucky enough to work with just some absolutely amazing content creators and youtubers and podcasters so it's it's been a really wild ride
0: Oh, awesome. Well, as we've teased, we're going to talk about all things video and excited, as Erica said, to dive into more of the Ecamm features. And we're using Ecamm right now, which is Yay! exciting. So you can kind of see yeah. a visual example of how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, one of the elements of video today is the just rage around uh, video podcasts, right? They're becoming ever yeah. popular. Uh, we're right now recording a video podcast. Um, more and more consumers are consuming video podcasts. Um, so with that, what impact have you observed in terms of audience engagement and brand visibility with with businesses switching from audio to video?
1: Oh my goodness. I mean, I I would just say from the start it it vastly increases your reach and gives you it opens you up to a, a whole new audience and a ton more opportunities, right? So, you know, the podcasting space, as far as audio goes, isn't going anywhere. You know, the audio side is like deeply personal. People love putting podcasts in their ears while they're, you know, cleaning and out for a run and, you know, doing all of their stuff. That That's definitely a space that is continuing to grow and to stay there. But if you start with video and you kind of add in that video side, then you you have the audio, right? So you're checking that box. It's harder to go from audio to video than it is to go from video to audio, and then you're opening yourself up to people being able to see you. I mean, they've gotten to know you. They, you know, they, it, it's a relationship that you're building with your listeners and with your viewers. So, you know, giving them that perspective and even just recording on the video side, like, it, you know, it's. It's much more of an engaging conversation when I can see you both, right? (laughs) Or I can I feel like I'm kind of with you in that same space. I think in this post-pandemic world, it just makes for better content and it gives, you know, gives your listeners and your viewers the opportunity to get to know you a lot better, to feel like that you're welcoming them into your space um and then yeah they're part of the experience with you
2: completely agree and i'm I'm curious to hear what kind of strategies or creative approaches have you seen that consistently will captivate those audience in the world of video podcasting live video you know is it asking questions is it having people you know comment or or share their favorite moments with you what have you seen worked in in terms of audience engagement
1: yeah, so uh, we've been on a mission for the last probably a year and a half, maybe two years to try to convince more and more podcasters to live stream their recording sessions. So like right now we're recording. So where there's no one else watching. It's just us. We're hanging out here. And if anything happens, you know, we can we can stop this recording. We can make any kind of adjustments. But I would challenge everyone to, to think through maybe you don't have to do this all the time, but the more you can kind of put that content out live and allow and welcome viewers into this, we we jokingly call it the live studio audience. You know, you give them the opportunity to be able to ask questions, to be part of the content creation process. So uh, we do this with our podcast. We live stream our recording process out to YouTube, but we have probably anywhere between like 20 and 50 of our diehard fans (laughs) that join us every single week for recording and they get the opportunity to ask questions. We do like, a a intro that's just for them. And then we do a Q&A at the end of every episode that's just for them. We trim that off for the actual like final episode. But I think it just really gives a little bit of the of a behind the scenes, like special, exclusive experience for member audience members who want to be part of that without sacrificing the content or making the experience weird for our podcast listeners or for our podcast viewers who are catching it later and are not part of that live experience.
2: Oh, I love that so much. We need to think through how we can do that with our uh, marketing happy <laughs> yeah. hour insiders group. They're like yeah. our diehard fans that we love so much. So yeah, uh, really we'll have fun. to think through how we uh, can do that in 2024. But I just wanted to hear from you too. How important is good lighting and audio quality, like good equipment for video content?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I. I It, uh, it's hugely important, but if you're sitting there and you're like, oh, you know, it, it's also hugely expensive and, you know, and everyone starts somewhere. So I would really challenge you to think through like what what your goals are with your podcast. So if it's, if you're doing this for fun or it's starting as kind of a side hustle and you're, you know, you need to start gritty, then focus on audio first, because even if your video quality is terrible, if people can't hear you, you know, obviously you don't, you don't have a podcast. You won't have any kind of, any kind of listeners. So start with a a USB microphone. If you, you know, if you can kind of step, step into that space, that's a great place to start. Um, Sure has some really great products uh, that are like will allow you to grow with it. So they have a microphone that has a USB connection and also an XLR connection. So it'll let you kind of get as you get more equipment, you can kind of level up your mic without having to reinvest, which is a good idea. As far as lighting goes yeah i mean I, you know absolutely if you can invest in in some good lights um it does make a big difference i mean i'm i'm here i wish i i wish i had my <laughs> other camera to show you but like i have a huge light over on this side and then i have another one uh you know over here and obviously that the video quality looks a lot better here when i'm in the studio versus when i'm at home but at home you know i have just a small um studio light i got it from elgato you know it wasn't overly expensive and it does make a big difference when that's off uh lighting is pretty easy easy enough like if you spend a little bit of time with it so like i would challenge you if if you're getting kind of used to lighting turn the camera on you know, record yourself. So you don't have to be public in front of anyone else, but you know, record a little bit of video and take a look at the lighting. And then I literally, like, as I'm setting up, I touch my face. I'm like, okay, like it's dark on this side. So like, where, you know, where is that? As I'm looking at the, you know, the camera, I'm like, okay, so that's this light. So I need to like move a bit more lighting this way, or like, it's really bright on this side. So, you know, I need to, you need to think through that and just move things around to to get the right look and feel. and remember, if you're using natural lighting, which can look incredible, that that's going to change, you know, based on the time of day or the weather. So, you know, if you uh, if you're setting up for like, you know, uh, a recording or a show, just make sure that you're doing it consistently at the same time, so that the lighting looks the same as when you tested it.
0: Those are definitely important nuances. I know there's a lot of people uh, that we have surveyed in the past who say audio is a big one. You know, if the audio is poor on on the podcast, they just won't listen. They'll shut it off because it's almost a, a nuisance to pay attention to in that facet. So um, although we tell people all the time, you know, with podcasting, you can kind of start small and, and low cost and build from there. But audio quality is, is a big one um, if you can make sure that's set uh, when you start your yeah channel.
1: and it it doesn't it really doesn't need to be a fortune like I, if if you can just get away from trusting the microphone that's either built into your headphones or you know or your computer that like that's going to be a huge huge difference so just like literally one step up from what's built in will make uh will make a will have a huge impact and then things like you know um controlling your space a little bit too so making sure that you're in as quiet a space as possible um and then ideally that you're in like a space that allows for some kind of sound dampening so you know like again i'm in like in a really huge used to be a yoga studio so we've we've done a lot of work it's still not perfect on trying to you know put down like towels in different places like every reflective surface is going to send that sound back to you or make it feel echoey and big so there's things you can do that are free that just if, if you understand your equipment and gear better and understand kind of how your space um, can affect the quality of your show. It can really go a long way in making differences.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I want to dive a little bit deeper into live video specifically. Uh, A couple months back, we had a great conversation with Jeff C and Lou Mangiello, who I know both use Ecamm for their live shows specifically. And it's been so fun as a consumer to watch their shows grow and just the engagement and the different level of connection that you have with your audience through live video. Uh, Mm -hmm. So how do you see the landscape of live streaming evolving and what role do you think it'll play in the future of content? Content creation and marketing.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, I think that uh, live streaming allows you to be really authentic and connects you directly with your audience, right? So you're seeing that feedback live. So, you know, if something was happening that what, you know, if, if things went wrong, you could make really quick changes really, you know, on the fly. If, you know, if you wanted feedback from your audience, you know, on a topic that was important to you or them, or you wanted to know, like how the show was doing, you'd be able to get that feedback live. Um, and it's, I, it, it's just, I think, a really like fast and easy way to approach content creation. So, you know, a big thing that I'm seeing, you know, at the end of last year, and certainly continuing into this year is that by and large, we're, as marketers, we're all doing a lot, we're wearing a lot of hats where, you know, we're trying to, you know, create yeah. these, these, huge or multiple pieces of content and so again i would challenge if you if you can think about adding live streaming into kind of the the top of your process like instead of recording everything stream it it then you you sort of give yourself permission and a little bit of forgiveness that things are not going to be flawless and perfect and the audience by and large is okay with that and then you you are hitting a lot larger audience right because then you have your live viewers you have replay viewers you're able to then maybe clip up your episodes um, and send, you know, send clips out through social media. So you have all your social media followers who're engaging with your content. You have your if you're stripping out the audio and using it in a podcast, you have your audio that's out. So it, it's harder to kind of go up to live streaming than it is to come down from live streaming. So I'm, you know, I think more and more people are starting to incorporate live video into their larger content strategies and trying to keep it as close to the top of the um, creation process as possible, so that it's easier to be able to leverage content that way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the one thing that uh, Jeff and Lou mentioned, you know, with live video is the fact that people get really excited seeing their names called out or their comments on the screen. So I know every time I uh, listen into their shows, I stay tuned. I'm like, are they going to show my comment? Are they going to put it up on screen? It's just kind of fun to have that call out. too. So that's another level of that engagement, I think, with the audience versus pre-recorded to your point as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, again, you you get that immediate feedback, right? And they're and you're you're inviting someone into your space where they know that you're there. It's not like it's not so heavily rehearsed that there might not, you know, it feels much more real, I think, to the viewers. And again, they feel like they're part of it. They feel like they're part of the experience. They can, you know, they can ask questions. They can you know, they can chat with each other at the majority of shows that we do for Ecamm. We have like, a, obviously our audience are all content creators and video professionals and live streamers. So it's a very kind of different audience than the vast majority of people out there, but our audience like chats with each other too. And they, like, it's a, it's a time to kind of, again, which is why we call it in many ways, our studio audience. Like it, it's an experience for them to be able to spend, you know, spend time with their friends you know, they can ask questions with each other. It's, it's a conversation that's happening alongside the show. It's almost like a watch party where you're able to, to you know, get to know other people within the chat, as well as get to know the host and co-hosts and guests who are in the show itself.
0: For sure. For sure. Well, one facet of live video that I I think is taking off and we're just seeing uh, selling and product shopping across all Mm -hmm. platforms just go through a boom right now. And we have a lot of marketers in the product space listening and looking for ways to engage their customers even further. Uh, But live selling is gaining traction uh, right now. And it's a powerful e-commerce tool. And so what potential do you feel like this has for businesses and how can marketers leverage live selling effectively.
1: Yeah, I mean again it goes back to this notion of inviting your customers into your space, right? So you're you're giving of yourselves as a as a business or as a brand or as marketers and kind of welcoming them in and showing them the products or services in a way where they you know they can see and engage and be able to ask questions and you get all the information that they need where they feel you know where they feel like they're talking to directly so it really is a similar feeling as to if someone goes into an actual physical store and is able to you know talk with the people and you know see the product and be able to engage with it so i i think there's a ton of potential there again i think it also gives um I hate to keep using the word authenticity, but it does kind of give like an authentic side, right? So it's hard to, it's hard to fake or like, or jazz up, you know, a live stream or a live selling experience, right? Like you're, you can really kind of get an understanding of what that product or what that service is like in a way that feels more real and believable to customers. So you're kind of, you're breaking through some of the, the, marketing kind of commercialism and really feeling like you're able to speak directly to either the, you know, the creator of the product or the company or the brand itself.
0: For sure. Well, I know, someone may be listening and and they say this sounds awesome I want to activate on this for my brand but how do I come up with a concept for a show or even you know if it's not a podcast just a live show in general I know Jeff has mentioned uh, his show is not podcast it's just a live show straight up and so um, Mm -hmm. how do we kind of brainstorm for what to create and then any tips around getting creative with just content each week or each month however frequently you're putting a show out to, uh, figure out what to talk about and what to share with your audience through your show.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's such a, (laughs) we live in such a cool time, right? Because we have so many tools at the ready to be able to help with this kind of process. But I would say if you can start with the, you know, the, what, the questions that your customers have like how you can help the people on the other end so you, whether that's uh you know audience or potential audience or customers or maybe it's a mix of both but you know what solutions can you offer them you know what advice can you give them and start with your larger topic and then you know you can use tools like ai to be able to help kind of build that out you know what are what are common questions around podcasting that people want to know, right? That was one of the first questions that we put into ChatGPT as we were starting our show, right? Like, what what do people want to know about video podcasting? You know, what, what are common questions people have about video podcasting in 2024? And see what those questions are that come out. And, you know, each one of those questions could itself be an episode, right? And then you're solving a problem for someone, you know it's something that, it's information that people are looking for or that people want to have, so. I would approach it from the questions standpoint um unless you know unless you're doing something that is like more of an entertainment value (laughs) i like i do for example a, a fun podcast with my best friend where we're we're literally just reviewing movies from the 90s so we we do you know a different 90s movie every single week and then at the end of the episode we actually ask our live viewers who you know what what their favorite 90s movies were what we should review next and that's how we plan out our next episode so Um, It depends, I guess, on what your larger topic is, but I would start with the questions.
2: Yeah, that's excellent advice. And I love that you said you have that fun podcast, too. I feel like that's always good to have like a business thing to listen to. And then like something just for fun. I love that. Okay, so we're still in like the first part of this new year. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the future of video content creation and marketing. What do you think we can see in 2024? That's something we haven't really seen in the past? Or maybe it's uh, just a continuation of something that we've seen in the past?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I I think that we're gonna see sort of a, a simplification of workflows. Uh, I think, you know, as I said, there there are a ton of marketers out there and podcasters and content creators who have just been doing a lot. You know, they, they they're you know they're recording videos and then they're also recording their podcasts and then they're also writing blog posts and they're also you know creating short videos that they're using. You know in all these different places and they you know and they need to do social media there's all these different hats that people are wearing and i think that you know as we get better and as there are more tools available people are looking for and trying to learn how to simplify that entire workflow um and merge a lot of these formats into kind of one process so um on we do this Podcast for ECAM called the Flow. It's a video podcast. As I said, we stream it to YouTube, and the entire concept of that show is that if you can create a really seamless, simple workflow, then it it's really easy to have that. You know, kind of lead your content strategy, and then each piece of content just really comes from that entire um, process. So, you know, again, we live stream to YouTube, and then you know, so that we're hitting, we're checking that live viewers box. We're engaging with our audience. We're getting ideas for future episodes then once that video is you know once we're done that live streaming process then we do some you know simple edits to that video and then it becomes a, our video podcast and our audio podcast and it goes out to you know syndicated to all of the podcast players and then we you know we're able to grab the transcript and put that through ai tools and write a blog post or pdf content from it we're able to clip it up using a ton of different tools to be able to you know populate our social media channels so it like from one weekly live stream, we're able to kind of create this really simplified, streamlined process where we're able to uh, to populate content across a ton of different places and a ton of different formats, so that each audience is able to receive the content in the way that they are looking for, um, and in the way that works best for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because I know from, uh, you know, bird's eye view, all of this sounds great, but it sounds like a lot of work, right? So to be able to create this efficient process of yeah. taking this live video or this recorded mm-hmm. podcast and projecting it out in a number of different platforms and in ways yeah. for your audience, I think that's huge. And it makes your work a lot more uh, worth it and goes a long way too. So it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely awesome. Well, Katie, as we round out this conversation, uh, we have to infuse a little bit of career advice into our conversation today. So we yeah. have to ask another one of our favorite questions to you. Uh, but that is, what do you know now that you wish you knew early on in your career?
1: Oh my goodness. This was a hard one. You guys sent us these <laughs> questions in advance. And I was like, I'm going to give this some thought. And I still don't know if I have a great answer. I, I think it really comes down for me to the the people and the connections and relationships that you have which i don't know if i like didn't know that when i was younger or newer in my career but I, i guess i didn't really fully appreciate the importance of it so like building out those connections and not you know not being hesitant to spend time to get to know people better whether that's through you know linkedin conversations or networking events or opportunities or going out to you know conferences and events in person but the relationships that I've made over the years have not only given me, you know, more and more opportunities, but they really have defined my career. And I I would not be capable of hardly anything that I'm accomplishing today without, you know, the support of, of great, um, great friends and colleagues who are there to answer questions and to offer advice or to let me know what they're up to and uh, bounce ideas off of. So yeah, I think that that's probably my best tip. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yes, I couldn't agree more. I think that's such a common thing is when you graduate college, you're no longer in the sphere of like people in your, you know, clubs and people in your organizations yeah. and your teachers and stuff. And you have to kind of cultivate those relationships after college. And it's so yeah. important you think about it. Um, but then they end up leading to, you know, all of the career opportunities and, and really amazing opportunities that you can have in the future. So I always love hearing that from people. Um, yeah. But can Thank you again for joining us today. This has really, truly okay. been great, but we want to let everyone know where they can find you, follow along with what you're up to now. Um, where are you online?
1: Uh, well, so you can find me under any of Ecamm's channels. So If you look, E-C-A-M-M, um, we are uh, all all over the different social channels, obviously a huge YouTube presence there. Um, if you want to find me personally, uh, my my Instagram is Canadian Fox, F A W K E S. Um, and as I said, I, I host a, a just for fun 90s movie podcast. So if you want to come out, hang out and talk about 90s movies, you're welcome to, uh, to follow that along. That's the VHS Club podcast at vhsclubpod.com. Um, but yeah, all, all over in the Ecamm space. And if you're if you're sitting here and you're like, I would really love you know advice to get started, or you know, want to ask a ton more questions about lighting or video equipment or you know how eCamm works, Ecamm has a really robust community that we call the Ecamm FAM. Everyone is welcome, whether or not you're an Ecamm customer. So if you want to ask some of those questions or practice or try or uh, just spend time with other content creators, um, you can find that by going to Ecamm E-C-A-M-M. Dot tv slash community and that'll take you into a facebook group uh where we have just lots of really super friendly people we love calling the ecamm fam
0: <laughs> amazing thank you so much katie again and we're excited to keep using ecamm and dive further into hey. this platform and definitely inspired to go live a little bit more in 2024 as well so thank you so much yeah of course thanks for having me.